On this episode of Bold Alpha, I traveled for the first time in four months last week. I'll share the experience. And Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson posts an anti-Semitic message to social media. Stone-cold silence from the league, its players, and the media. Bold Alpha is presented by New World from A.J. Fernandez, draped in a bold, dark Nicaraguan wrapper and jam-packed with ultra-flavorful Nicaraguan fillers, the Box Press New World delivers medium to full-bodied, elegant taste. AJFCigars.com Welcome to Bold Alpha. I'm Alpha Dave, the General and Alpha Male-in-Chief. For the first time since the breakout of the Chinese Wuhan virus, that's what we call it here on Bold Alpha, it's not COVID-19, it's not coronavirus, we call it exactly what it is and who sent it over here, the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, or the CCP Wuhan virus. So for the first time in four months, I traveled. I've been staying relatively close to home base in the Tampa area where we originate from, and decided that I had a business trip that must be accomplished last week. So I decided to venture down to South Florida. At first, I was going to fly. However, when I checked the various flights into both Fort Lauderdale and into Miami, the flight times were horrible. The flights into Fort Lauderdale, they normally, Southwest would normally have four or five flights a day down to two. They both leave in the afternoon. Terrible times. American into Miami normally would have six a day scattered throughout the day, two, and they both leave within an hour extremely early in the morning. So I decided I would travel there the old-fashioned way. I would travel by SUV, by auto, which I did. And I have to tell you, it actually was pretty pleasant. I actually got a lot of work done. I was able to make umpteen calls. I was able to be efficient on the drive down and participated in numerous conference calls that I would otherwise have been in my office. And the thought of going to an airport and wearing the mask for umpteen hours and getting on an airplane and having to wipe everything down. And with American, they're not socially distancing and blocking out middle seats or even first class seats anymore. So basically, it's a crapshoot. My, my feeling was, I'll drive. Probably easier. Three hours, 45 minutes, no problem. Hotels, wide open. I'm talking every major hotel from one star to five. Of course, Bold Alpha, this Alpha, being that I enjoy the Alpha Male good life, there's no way I'm staying in a one or two star hotel. Three star is the equivalent of probably like a courtyard by Marriott or a Hampton. I can handle that. But there's no way I'm going to stay at a uh, at a Motel 6. Just doesn't work for Alpha Dave. So the hotels were wide open. So much so that I ended up staying in the Doral area on the, uh, the northwest side of Miami International Airport right around Doral. Very convenient for where I had to meet. Everything was within a couple of miles of my hotel. I ended up staying at the new Aloft Hotel on Northwest 36th Street. Very nice hotel. Beautiful. Love the Aloft. Love the walk-in shower. The rooms were huge, high ceilings. Really enjoyed the hotel. The experience wasn't great. But before I tell you about that, 
the hotels were so wide open that whether you wanted to stay at a five-star, a four-star, made no difference. Hotel, uh, the hotels were wide open. The rates were fantastic. As an example, if I wanted to stay at the Trump Doral Resort, it is a four- to five-star resort. Phenomenal resort, great amenities. The Trump uh, resorts have done a marvelous job upgrading the facility. I have to tell you, $94 rate for a huge room. And I was considering doing it, but I wanted, when I travel, I like being able to get in and out easily. I don't want valet. I don't want to have to park, you know, two or 300 yards away. I like being able to park right up close in the morning when I need to get going. Boom. 10 seconds, I'm at the car. So I opted for the Aloft Hotel, and I think my rate was all in like 82 bucks a night. Very reasonable. So the first thing I noticed as you go into the, towards the hotel, they have big sliding double doors. And there is a note saying, use your room key to activate opening the doors. Or if you are checking in, press the buzzer and somebody will come out and open the doors and greet you. So I press the buzzer, somebody comes out, you have to have a mask on. They had a mask on, no problem. The check-in desks at most of the Aloft hotels are circular. They're round. Well, the first thing I noticed as I walked towards the check-in desk, the round desk was totally surrounded in plexiglass. Not just, you know, three or four feet of plexiglass that was on top of the uh, the counter. New, no. The entire lobby check-in desk, the round desk, enclosed in a square area of plexiglass eight feet high supported in wood bases and there's about a two inch high by six inch wide slit that you talk to somebody through and you have to duck your head down not very pleasant i understand that you want to make sure that safety is paramount for your employees but there are better ways to do it the second thing i noticed is that the area where they normally would have food totally closed right next to the circular check-in counter closed and they had behind the plexiglass maybe 10 12 14 assortments of drinks and snacks that you could purchase now the third thing i noticed that really was the most disconcerting of the entire travel experience was a letter stating that because of the chinese wuhan virus of course they use covid 19 that bullshit phrase we call it the CCP Wuhan virus. It states that for the safety of our employees and for guests, rooms will only be cleaned every fourth night. And if you are staying longer than four nights, you must call down to make arrangements and you can't be in the room. Well, no problem. When I'm gone, I don't, I'm gone and I don't need to be in the room when they clean the room. That never happens. But every fourth night, so I have to make my own damn bed every day. Now I'm used to doing that, no problem. But when I go to a hotel, no thank you. And then they have a, another note saying if you need supplies, if you need towels, call down to the front desk and contactless delivery will be made. Okay, fine. So I get in the room. The first thing I do, I get a nice corner room. I'm upgraded because I'm a, I'm a, a, a Marriott Platinum or whatever their top tier is called these days. I think it's Platinum. And I get a nice corner room. And I walk in, and the room's about 80 degrees. 
So before I even get ready to wipe down, I said, let me just wait a few minutes to see if the room is going to cool down. I put it at 65 degrees, the lowest setting. Ten minutes later, it's still 80 degrees. I called down to the front desk. The front desk attendant was very nice. She said, tell you what, let me get another room for you that, again, has not been used because they have a rule now that once a room is clean, I think they wait two days until they allow somebody somebody new to check in. So she was very nice. She said, give me five minutes. Number one, I want to check the room to make sure that the air conditioning is work, and I'll bring the keys over to you. Great. She did. Could have been nicer. It was right around the corner. Easy. So I check into my new room. First thing I do, put the air conditioning down to 65. I like it nice and cool. I brought with me a giant tub of the Clorox wipes, and I wiped down every surface. Every desk, every counter, every phone, every... Now, in the the remote control for the TV, they had it in a special bag that says it's sanitized, but I still didn't trust it. I wiped it down. I wiped down the faucet handles, the door handles, inside, outside, any... The lights, any possible surface, I wiped down. So I took precautions. That was the first thing. I noticed there were no tissues. I also noticed that there were other little amenities such as lotion or other little accoutrements that they would normally put in the room that weren't there. So I called down and I said, there's no tissues. Can I get some tissues? And also I noticed there's no lotion. She said, well, that's all all on request now. We'll be happy to drop that off in a bag, contactless. Great. Ten minutes later, I got it. So that was fine. The hotel was great. But two people to an elevator, and there were a number of people that even though they were supposed to have masks on, did not. And I'll tell you straight up, I was going walking in after uh, the second day of travel, and there was a gentleman ahead of me. And for the purpose of this, normally I would just say a gentleman. He was a black gentleman. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute why that's important. So he had a, a key to get into the lobby. He was on his phone. So he got in, and I had my key, but I walked behind him, no problem, but he had no mask on. So he goes to hit the elevator button, and I didn't notice he didn't have a mask on until he got into the elevator. He then turns around, and I was about to get in, and I looked, and I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to take the next elevator. And he looked at me, and I could tell. He thought there was a racist connotation. There was no doubt in my mind. And at that point, I didn't feel the need to explain anything, but I looked at him and said, social distancing and you don't have a mask on? That's not going to work, so I'll wait until the next elevator. And I, of course, had a mask. I only said that he was black for the simple context that I knew when I said I would take the next elevator, he would give me a look, saying, well, is this guy racist? Does he not want to go on an elevator with a black man? No, he didn't have a mask on. Simple, and I told him that. And it says as you walk into the hotel, very simply, it says, Guests must have masks on. Guests or visitors must have a mask. Miami is a hotbed. I wore the mask, no problem. Everybody else in the lobby in the hotel wore a mask. But apparently he didn't feel the need to wear a mask. So if that's the way the travel experience is going to be, good luck to all the hotels and the airlines. And I just saw today that United announced that they are going to furlough, I think, 36 or 39,000 employees. They initially were going to increase the August schedule because travel was starting to rebound, but then it flatlined. And with all these hotbeds occurring across the country, people not traveling. So therefore, 
They have decided to not only cut the number of flights in August, but they are going to cut employees. Not surprising. We are going to be living with the CCP Wuhan virus effects for, at least in my estimation, another 14 to 15 months. I think we're going to have rolling type of blackouts, meaning where restaurants have to close or bars or certain social restrictions go in place. I think that's going to happen. The good news is the mortality rate has gone down. It has gone down. So that is good news. Compared in Florida, if we look at the number of cases, they have exploded. But compared to New York State, the number of fatalities, the number of deaths, way lower than in New York State. Now, another experience I had, travel experience, I ate out at restaurants more so in three days than I have done in the last four months. So I walked into a Panera for lunch. I was meeting somebody for lunch there, meeting a business associate for lunch. And of course, they have social separation amongst tables. They didn't take the tables out. Many of the restaurants that I I went to in South Florida, they took the tables out. Tables so that only 50% of the tables were in there. Great. But some restaurants can't do that because they have booze or they have limitations on where they can store the tables. Well, the Panera had stickers on every table. One sticker said, enjoy your dining experience at this table and another table next to it or that wasn't socially distant had another sticker saying this table is closed due to social distancing rules fine no problem i went to go sit in a booth initially and it had the sticker that said this table is closed no problem i went to the next booth i sat down well lo and behold five minutes later right as my food arrives wouldn't you know it that two women go to sit down at the booth that I was going to sit at, which was closed. Now, meanwhile, there was loads of tables in the restaurant. And as the ladies got ready to sit down, I said, excuse me, ladies, that table is closed for social distancing. And they looked at me like I was from outer space. And if you wonder why we're seeing an increase in the number of CCP Wuhan virus cases in the states that have opened up, it is because people have gotten very lax about social distancing. So I pointed that out, and I said, ladies, I was going to sit there initially. And they said, well, but there's a partition here. I said, there's a six-foot rule, okay? The table is closed. There's another table right next to it or right across from it. And they gave me this look like I was actually being rude to them. Well, fuck them. Who cares? Who cares? And I have had people that have started to talk to me. I was at a, uh, at, uh, a cigar retailer recently, and a woman started to come up to talk to me and starts to like almost get in my face. And I stopped her. I took, put, pulled my hand out and I said, excuse me. First of all, I'm socially distancing. So please stand back at least six feet. She's like, oh, that's nonsense, whatever. I don't have it. I said, you don't know that. And I don't know that. I said, when was the last time you took a test? She said, well, I haven't. I said, so you can't make that statement. So do me a favor, back up. And she wouldn't. So I said, well, I'm backing up. And then she started to get close again. I said, ma'am, this conversation is over. Done. Finished. We all have to make sure we socially distance. It's that simple. If we want restaurants to stay open and we want to get back to a normal economy, socially distance. It's not that damn difficult to stay six feet away from someone when you're talking to them. And you know what really drives me batshit? 
is when people love to talk right in your face. This is even before the CCP Wuhan virus. When you're talking to somebody, when I talk to somebody, you know, I'm normally maybe two, three feet away. I don't get right in their face. And when people get right in your face, it is not only rude, it's not only unsanitary, but it is just uncomfortable. Back up. Get out of my space. So the travel experience overall, not great. The hotel industry, the airline industry, the hospitality industry is going to be in deep shit for a long time. It's unfortunate. We can blame the Chinese communist bastards. They're the one that allowed the CCP Wuhan virus to spread. They didn't shut down their country to for uh, people in the Wuhan area or in the province around Wuhan. They didn't stop travel outbound from Wuhan to other countries in the world. They stopped it domestically, but Xi Jinping, the communist bastard prick leader of the Chinese Communist Party, knew damn well there was a big problem already last October, November, and did nothing. Nothing. Screw the Chinese Communist Party. They are our enemies. And the travel industry, the experience I went through, not great. I don't want to sit and go into a lobby and wear a mask in perpetuity. I don't want to not be able to sit and get breakfast or dinner or a cocktail, go to a bar. That They're all closed now. The travel experience right now, to sum it up, blows. And I know people are getting cabin fever. They want to get out, but it is not worth it as far as I'm concerned. Hope it changes. I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. I hope it changes but I have a feeling we're going to be in for the long haul. And we not may, not may not be totally rid of this Chinese Wuhan virus until maybe the late third, early fourth quarter of 2021. And if you're waiting for a, a, a vaccine, good luck. Don't hold your breath. I'll tell you what I would not hold my breath for. Especially if I'm enjoying the New World by A.J. Fernandez Cigars. The new world, I don't want to hold my breath. I want to puff and savor every single part of the new world. Interesting collaboration between very well-known and renowned cigar master blender, cigar maker A.J. Fernandez, and his father Ishmael Fernandez. They created a collaboration, a new cigar, as a nod to the discovery of the new world by Christopher Columbus. Now, I realize Christopher Columbus now all of a sudden is evil. Well, at Bold Alpha, we're not politically correct. That is a load of bullshit. We don't tear down statues or monuments. We understand history. We must make sure that our history is preserved, both bad and good. There's the old saying that if you you, uh, forget about history, you're condemned to relive it. I'll tell you what, we don't want to relive World War II. We don't want to relive the Nazis. So we better remember. And the Chinese Communist Party, they're on, the, they're, they're on the, that exact road. Don't even get me started. But the New World, a tribute to the discovery of the New World by Christopher Columbus and to the introduction of tobaccos to the rest of the world in 1492. So A.J. and his father Ishmael wanted to create a very special cigar. It's box-pressed, nice square press in the hand. It features a bold, dark Nicaraguan wrapper. It is jam packed with powerful Lajero spicy tobaccos, fillers from Esteli and Contega, and it's got a unique 
Ometepe Tobacco. Ometepe is a volcanic island in Nicaragua. Delivers a very unique taste to the cigar. Notes of espresso, some richness, some spice. Cannot go wrong. It's just a very smooth, zesty, spicy cigar with compelling sweetness and just marvelous construction. Try A New World by A.J. Fernandez. You will absolutely love the experience. Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Originally was with the Eagles, and then he was... uh, Chip Kelly couldn't get rid of him fast enough when Chip Kelly was the head coach, and he went and signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after I think it was two seasons, three seasons, they had enough of his nonsense and couldn't wait to get rid of him. And uh, he ends up uh, going back to the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles, I guarantee you right now, are regretting re-signing him. By now you have heard that over the weekend, but it just came to light over the last few days, that Deshaun Jackson posted a series of messages on his Instagram feed about Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. And also he posted a screenshot of text from a book entitled The Hidden Treasures That Lies in Plain Sight for the Days of the Lord and the End of America. And in it, there is supposedly a quote from Adolf Hitler, which has been debunked. Hitler never said it. But nonetheless, the quote was very disturbing, and let me share it with you. Hitler said, because the white Jews knows, again, that's a spelling error. I'm just repeating exactly verbatim, in direct quote, what was on this message. Hitler said, because the white Jews knows that the Negroes are the real children of Israel, and to keep America's secret, the Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. The white citizens of America will be terrified to know that all this time they've been mistreating and discriminating and lynching children of Israel. Now that is a blatant anti-Semitic post, pure and simple. Now, there are some blacks that may be the children of Israel. There's some lost tribes in Africa. In fact, the Israeli government made a concerted effort to bring some of the, what they call the lost tribes, from some uh, African countries to Israel. And they have full citizenship. So are there some Africans who are part of the Jewish tribe? The ten, what is it, the, the, uh, the lost tribes? Sure, absolutely. But to state that America's secret, the Jews will blackmail America? What a total, complete, absolute load of poppycock. Now, the fact that Deshaun Watson posts this bullshit is disturbing, number one. But what's more disturbing is that even when he apologized, he didn't think there was a need to apologize until finally he saw the light after speaking with numerous people in the Philadelphia Eagles ownership and front office who happen to be Jewish. And by the way, when he was a player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Glazer family, they are Jewish. Jeff Lurie, who owns the Philadelphia Eagles, he is Jewish. Howie Roseman, the general manager, he is Jewish. And by the way, do you think that they would have signed 
Deshaun Jackson if it wasn't approved not only by the general manager, Howie Roseman, but also the Jewish owner, Jeffrey Lurie? The answer is no. They welcomed him back. Welcome him back into the Eagle family. And that's how Deshaun Jackson repays them, with his ignorance. And when you listen to to Deshaun Jackson, it's very apparent. He's not a very smart man. He's not a very bright guy. But that does not excuse the anti-Semitic post. Jackson later deleted the post. He reposted the page on his story with the caption, and I'm quoting, in caps, anyone who feels I have hate towards the Jewish community took my post the wrong way. I have no hatred in my heart towards no one. Equality, equality. Well, if you took the post the wrong way, there's only one way to take that post. It is anti-Semitic. He then posted the original text one more time and he used a black sharpie to cross out the first and the third sentences so the page read quote they will extort america their plan for world domination won't work if the negroes know who they were well the eagles denounced jackson's post in a statement that came out yesterday And it said, we have spoken with Deshaun Jackson about his social media posts. Regardless of his intentions, the messages he shared were offensive, harmful, and absolutely appalling. They have no place in our society and are not condoned or supported in any way by the organization. We're disappointed, and we reiterated to Deshaun the importance of not only apologizing, but also using his platform to take action to promote unity, equality, and respect. We are continuing to evaluate the circumstances and will take appropriate action. We take these matters very seriously and are committed to continuing to have productive and meaningful conversations with Deshaun, as well as all of our players and staff, in order to educate, learn, and grow. Jackson then, shortly thereafter, released an apology on Instagram, a video apology. I want to extend an apology on behalf of me and what I stand for because I never want to put any race down or any people down. When I posted what I posted, I definitely didn't mean it to the extent you guys took it. Excuse me? You post a blatantly supposed tweet, or supposed text quote from Hitler. It wasn't, but nonetheless, the mere fact that it says it was Hitler, that should be enough for you to say Hitler was a ruthless, nasty, vile son of a bitch. I'm not not posting anything attributed to Adolf Hitler. But he posts it, and then he says, I didn't mean it to the extent you guys took it. He puts his foot in his mouth again. And he says, I was just trying to uplift African Americans and slavery and enlighten my people. Enlighten your people about what? Supposedly that Jews are keeping you down? That white citizens of America or Jews will, will have been mistreating and discriminating and lynching the real children of Israel? You've got to be kidding me. What an absolute load of bullshit. And it is amazing to me that we have not heard a word from any other NFL player. We have heard crickets from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, who couldn't wait to get on his knee and start filleting every black player in the league, saying, we were wrong, we apologize, we we didn't take Black Lives Matter seriously. But yet, when a blatant, ignorant, anti-Semitic 
tweet attributed or, or, or post attributed to Adolf Hitler is sent out by Deshaun Jackson, uh, Deshaun Jackson, nobody says anything. Does the media say anything? Did you hear it on CNN, on uh, BSDNC? Did you hear Al Sharpton condemning it, saying, we do not accept any form of racism, any form of discrimination? There were Jews left and right that have fought for blacks and black civil rights going back to the Martin Luther King era. Maybe Deshaun Jackson didn't understand that. Let me give you a little history because clearly Deshaun Jackson is ignorant on the history of the closeness of Jews fighting for black civil rights going back all the way to the early 1960s. In fact, Jews made up roughly roughly half of the northern volunteers involved in the 1964 Mississippi Freedom Summer Project, and half of the civil rights attorneys active in the South during the 1960s were Jewish. Jewish leaders were arrested after heeding a call from Dr. Martin Luther King in St. Augustine, Florida in June 1964, where a mass arrest of rabbis took place at the Monson Motor Lodge, a really a historically important civil rights landmark. And yet, Deshaun Jackson knows nothing about this. Perhaps Deshaun Jackson knew nothing that Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, a professor of theology at the Jewish Theological Seminary of America in New York, was an extremely outspoken a rabbi on the subject of civil rights and marched arm in arm with Dr. King in the 1965 Selma to Montgomery March. I've seen pictures. You can see the rabbi right next to Dr. Martin Luther King. And here's another little tidbit for Deshaun Jackson, since clearly he is not learned about history between blacks and Jews when it comes to civil rights and eradicating discrimination. In 1964, during the Mississippi Civil Rights Workers, there were were multiple murders. I think there were four murders. Two blacks, two whites. Two of the white activists killed were Jewish, Andrew Goodman and Michael Schwerner, both Jewish. So before Deshaun Jackson spouts off on some bullshit, quote, attributed, falsely attributed to Adolf Hitler, and saying that he's just trying to uplift African-Americans in slavery and lighten my people with an anti-Semitic trope, perhaps he should do a little digging and learn history, learn some black history and civil rights history. Because chances are Deshaun Watson, or correction, Deshaun Jackson, not the quarterback from Houston, I want to make that very clear, Deshaun Jackson clearly does not realize that there were many Jews who laid their lives on the line and had synagogues that were not only threatened, but were desecrated, were bombed. Probably didn't realize that, that there were synagogues that were desecrated and bombed in Atlanta, Nashville, Jacksonville, Miami, dynamite found under synagogues in Birmingham, Charlotte, and Gastonia, South Carolina. Apparently, Deshaun Jackson not aware of that. If there's one group that has done more to assist in the civil rights movement, it has been Jewish Americans, period, end of discussion. But not a damn word from anybody to condemn it. 
Where are all the other black and white players who immediately jumped on Drew Brees when he came out and said he would stand for the national anthem because he believed kneeling was disrespectful? But yet, not one NFL player has come out and said, Deshaun Jackson, what you said was wrong. You owe an apology. The commissioner hasn't done it. Not one player, not one coach, because they're spineless, nadless, weak sons of bitches. That's the fact. Now, if a white player, if a white Jewish player would come out and make a derogatory, disparaging remark about blacks or black players, every damn black player, every general manager, every owner, Roger Goodell would immediately castigate that white or that white Jewish person or player that's, that made a ridiculous statement or a discriminatory statement. They would be fined. They would be suspended. They would probably be cut. And if they worked in the front office or in the league office, they would be canceled. They would be fired. Has anybody been fired or canceled over this? No. Deshaun Jackson, now, I believe, as a Jew myself, this cancel culture is total nonsense. It's got to end. If somebody makes a legitimate mistake or is ignorant and comes out and says, look, I make a mistake. It was very stupid. I should pay the price. I'm going to get educated. Dumb. Fine. But all too quickly today, when we have the race baiters like Al Sharpton and, uh, and formerly Jesse Jackson, you don't see him anymore because he's ill. But you see all these race baiters, that lo- Don Lemon from CNN, that love to castigate someone and say they deserve to have their life ended, their career finished, fired, just totally ruined. They're the first to jump up and down and say, they made a mistake, get rid of them. But yet, when Deshaun Jackson comes out with a blatant anti-Semitic post, and then in his apology bungles that up too, not a word. Crickets, dead, stone, cold silence. Unacceptable. Look, as alphas, we make mistakes. Not very often, but when we do, we're the first to acknowledge it. As alphas, we're happy to take constructive criticism because we know when somebody gives us constructive criticism, not criticism just for the sake of being mean-spirited, but if somebody pulls you over and says, or pulls you aside and says, listen, let me give you a suggestion on how this could work better or this could actually be more effective or how this would would definitely help you in the long run. I'm going to listen. I don't look at them and say, oh, they're being racist, they're being anti-Semitic, they're being mean, they're bullying me. The problem today is that weak beta males, they view everything as even constructive criticism as an attack on them. We as alphas don't. So when we as alphas, when we make a mistake, we say, look, I apologize, we made an error. We don't necessarily double down on it. Now, if you have an opinion and people say, oh, I disagree with your opinion, you should apologize. No. Like, my opinion is Drew Brees had the absolute right to say he would stand for the national anthem, and in his mind, he believed kneeling was disrespectful towards the flag and towards the veterans who have served this country, both white and black. Now, everybody started to rip him a new one. You must apologize. And what did Drew Brees do? Got on his knee and started filleting everybody. I apologize. I didn't realize I, my words were offensive. Bullshit. Stop. No need to apologize for a legitimate opinion. But Deshaun Jackson, 
has not been called out by the media, has not been called out by his fellow players, who are who seems lately the first sign of any sort of discrimination. They jump up and down and yell, racism, discrimination. Now all of a sudden, we have got to stop everything and say, oh, let me check my white privilege at the door. That's another load of bullshit. I don't have white privilege. Everything I have worked for, or I've earned, I've worked for. Now, do some people absolutely get discriminated against? Absolutely. Have blacks been discriminated against? Yes. Have women? Yes. Have Jews? Yes. I've experienced it myself, but I didn't let it define me. I didn't let it get me down. I didn't let it destroy me. I use that as additional motivation. As Frank Sinatra said, the best revenge is massive success. And in the times, the few times that I have been slighted, discriminated against, absolutely I've used that as motivation. But it is about time that the rest of the league and Roger Goodell stand up and say, those anti-Semitic comments have no place in the league. They're unacceptable. And I haven't seen any other Jewish owners. Robert Kraft, the Glazers, uh, there are multiple others. I haven't seen them come out and say a word, not a word. Why not? Because they're apparently afraid. They're afraid to rock the boat. So anti-Semitism is okay, but if somebody makes a statement that offends blacks or may be perceived as racist, even as saying, look, I'm going to stand for the anthem, then all of a sudden they have to apologize and beg for forgiveness. Here's another little tidbit I find amazing, that if somebody of Muslim, who's of the Muslim faith, somebody criticized them or made a Muslim, uh, anti-Muslim remark, you would have every single member of the house. You would have the squad. You would have care. You would have everybody, the commissioner of the NFL, owners, players saying, that's unacceptable. We don't discriminate here. But when it comes to anti-Semitism on Jews, not a fucking word. The hypocrisy is beyond disturbing. It is beyond disgusting. It is unacceptable. So let's see if anybody in the league, any fellow players come out and make a statement. Let's see if the media, CNN and MSNBC and the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost will come out and make a statement or any of their opinion writers will say that's unacceptable. Let's see if NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell will come out with a statement. If I were a prognosticator, my answer to you all would be don't hold your breath. I'm Alpha Dave, the general and Alpha Male-in-Chief, and that's how I see it on today's Bold Alpha. Alpha.